Welcome back, everyone. Hello. Hello. On behalf of our entire flight crew, thanks for soaring with us. Hello, welcome to another Disney Bit Bite Size with me, Adam, and joining me as always is Alan. Hello, Alan. Hi, Adam. How are you doing? I'm good. Now, I'm wondering how many people are currently sat listening to this and have suddenly gone, hang on, this isn't Disney. I was expecting it's No, it's not Disney. Uh, I'll give you 10 seconds to work out what it's from. There's probably some... It's like, like in our car, it's like, oh, I know that. Oh, what's it from? It's from Shrek, and... Um, I'm using it this week for a reason because what I want to do is to explore something a little bit different and a little bit unusual and kind of Disney related but the actual main context of it as in the Shrek element isn't Disney related at all because I had the opportunity as we mentioned on the full Disney Brit show a couple of weeks ago uh, last week I think it was that I um, went and experienced the Shrek adventure it's called Shrek's adventure in London uh, which is a new attraction that opened at the beginning of July it's uh, run by Merlin who um, own Madame Two Swords, London Dungeon, Legoland, all those sort of things. And they've teamed up with DreamWorks to create this um, interactive experience is probably the best way to put it. I can't really kind of explain exactly what it is. It's unlike a lot of other things that sort of happen. It's very Merlin. It's kind of, I suppose, a little bit as you would experience at the London Dungeon, those sort of things. But um, the thing about it is um, it made me think, if... DreamWorks and Merlin can do something like that, then surely Disney can do something like it as well. For those of you who have not heard anything about it, let me play a little video that will give you a little clue as to kind of what's been going on. The great new thing about the Shrek adventure is that it's not an existing story. It's a story where the audience is not just someone who's watching it, but is actually a participant in one of the characters in the story. It's not a movie, it's not a play, it's not a musical, it's not a ride, it's not a theme park, it's everything. It's all of those, and the audience takes an active participant role and um, helps to move the story along further. I'm the group creative director for Merlin, so it was between me and my creative team. We worked with DreamWorks to see if we could create a really immersive, unique attraction based on all of the DreamWorks characters and universes. This is a brand new original story, bringing Shrek, Fiona, Donkey, plus characters from other DreamWorks worlds. Like Poe and Hiccup and Toothless, and also the penguins from Madagascar. It's been a great adventure bringing this whole thing to life. I mean, working closely with DreamWorks, we've been able to pick their brains and get some great bits of humor that we wouldn't normally have thought of putting into an attraction. We're in the last days before the Shrek adventure is going to open in London. It's darn near ready right now, but it's, it's just walking through and saying, okay, this could be funnier, that could be faster, this could be squishier, that could be, you know, so just all the little fine-tuning bits at the end. Working on this has been an adventure. It's been a fantastic adventure. It's been funny, it's been challenging in places, but then we've created something really magnificent. And at the end of the day, it's gonna make people laugh. Well, one of the, the key elements that makes a Shrek story is that it's a little bit different than what you might expect. And just like the Shrek fairy tale deals with not a handsome prince, but an ogre, the Shrek adventure that you're gonna go on 
is going to be a little bit more different than something you might expect. And the great thing is that you're going to get to be one of the participants in it. Okay, so that kind of gives you a little bit of an explanation as to what the Shrek Adventure is and, and what it's all about. Um, it's uh, obviously in London. It's right on the River Thames. It's uh, located in what is kind of, I suppose, the Merlin Quarter of London now. They've got London Eye, London Dungeon, Sea Life Centre, Shrek's Adventure, all those sort of within County Hall building, which is right by Westminster Bridge. And, and you can see Big Ben and all those bits and pieces from there. Um, have you heard much about this, Alan? Um, I think because I was a Merlin Annual Pass holder a few years ago, yeah. I got a lot of emails and I didn't realise what it was connected with because when the, when you start to get all the emails, yeah. it didn't really say what it was. No, for a very long time it didn't really. And the the best, at the, well the only concept I had from it was that it was some sort of, um, you climbed on a London bus, yeah. inside a building, yeah. and that was all I could say you did. So, um, so go on. It was very mysterious. Yeah, so I'll kind of explain a little bit more about what it is. Um, it's located within County Hall, just as many of the attractions are uh, that are owned by Merlin there. It's open Monday to Monday to Sunday, really. Basically, it's open every day of the week. It's 10 till 6, except for Thursday, which is 11 till 6. I don't know why. They seen one of a lion on a Thursday or something. I'm not quite sure what that's all about. But um, the idea is um, that you are going, uh, you're with DreamWorks Tours, and they're taking you on a tour of uh, Far, Far Away. And you're going to be taken on this wonderful, glorious tour of, uh, of Far, Far Away and all the wonderful places that exist and meet all the characters and all those bits and pieces. So they set it all up as this DreamWorks tours and the whole introduction is part of it. And they're all of the um, kind of staff members, the cast members, I suppose, for want of a better word, are all dressed in sort of almost airline style clothing, a little bit like Thunderbirds, but airline style clothing. And it's all introduced to you. and. Um, you go into the pre-show area and there's a character does a little bit of a spill. I, I must admit at the very be beginning it took forever for anything to happen. We were there an awful long time before. We, we had two photo opportunities before we'd done anything. And I was like, oh, okay, right, it's a little bit like this. So we've got photo opportunities and all this sort of stuff. And they give you a wristband to have the photo opportunities done with and all those bits and pieces. And then your adventure starts and uh, you're right, you get in a, a bus, so to speak. Uh, it's this bus simulator and it's a 3d technology and it's 360 degree um screen and they take you on a flight to far far away and it all goes horribly wrong and all of a sudden the the premise of the attraction is you're being chased by rapunzel uh, not rapunzel sorry rumpelstiltskin and all of his witches who are coming after you and you've got to try and find shrek in order for him to open a portal in order for you to escape back home and survive um and the way it's done is, once you've done the, the ride portion, which is the, the magical bus at the beginning, you then go through a series of show scenes where you're introduced to characters who exist within the world of Shrek, and each of them tell you the next part of the story, and you interact with what's going on. Some are characters that are designed specifically for the attraction, others are characters from, from the show, from the, the films. So you, you meet Rumpelstiltskin, you've got the witches in there, the Puss in Boots, Shrek, Donkey, Fiona... Uh, the Muffin Man appears um, the Gingerbread Man all those sort of things appear within the attraction and each of the show scenes tells the next part of the story and you have to interact with them or you have to do something that you have to pass on to the next person 
Um, I don't want to give too much away about what it is, but there's lots of really nice little touches and nice little ideas that happen within it. It's very Shrek. You know, the humour in it is very funny, and the humour in it, not only is it funny, it also is great for kids and great for adults. And it's got a little bit of that parallel element to it as well. I know there were some kids in it who genuinely thought they were being chased by witches as we were okay. going. It was like, we're not really. Even Harry was like, are we genuinely going to get chased by witches or a witch going to come and get us? Um, and each of the, you, you kind of get a show scene, and then you get a transition scene, which is usually an area that takes you from one show to the next. So it's a corridor or an area, something like that. Nothing necessarily happens, but has the theming within it. I must, I've got to say, it is one of the best themed things I have been to in London. In fact, it's probably one of the best themed things I've been to in this country. Um, because the amount of detail they have put into each of the show scenes is amazing truly amazing and the detail and the and one of the things i love about this is you know we talk when we when we go to disney and we see attractions and queues and they have in jokes and things like that that we find really funny um this has all of those in jokes as you go all the way through it and it takes the mickey out of all sorts of different things as you go through it takes the mickey out of disney it takes the mickey out of harry potter it takes the mickey out of itself uh, the whole time um and each of the shows obviously does that and adds, adds another layer to what you've seen in previous scenes. And it's got some great special effects, some great ideas, uh, some great lighting ideas, and the, the, a new original story in it that's really clever. The disappointing thing for me is that some of the transition scenes, they are designed to be corridors or areas that take you from one show to the next, almost holding areas if they need to be. My disappointment with some of these is a lot of them are walls with painted scenes on them. They've got other things in there as well, but rather than making it very 3D, you're looking at, a, oh, a painted wall that's supposed to look like a forest. Um, but then you go to show scenes, and they're really elaborate and very well done and very clever. Um, it takes about an hour and a half-ish to complete, including the poster area where you can go have loads of photos taken with Kung Fu Panda, the characters from Madagascar, the penguins, all those bits and pieces. You also get to meet Shrek at the end as well. And some of those characters do exist within this uh, Far Far Away DreamWorks tour idea as well, which is really cool. Um, and I know we're obviously talking about this, and it's not Disney, but it made me think, and it, it you know, why, how can dreamworks do this with shrek how can they create something this immersive and entertaining and funny in the center of london and it be successful and disney not even contemplate doing this with some of the franchises and things that they have if that makes yeah. sense because you know being there when we sorted our tickets and our timings out and things like that it didn't seem overly busy but then when we actually got there there were people who were paying extra by actually just turning up on the day and paying for a ticket and going in and it was it was full it was busy um and i don't and i for me i think to myself surely this is something disney can do and this is one of the things i want to talk about today this idea of is disney missing a trick by creating other experiences outside its theme parks that people can go and try and enjoy and take part in I think I think you are probably right there, Adam. To be honest, because if you think about, say, Universal with the Harry Potter expansion, yeah, or the Harry Potter sections, anyone that's gone there is probably also queued up to go at the Harry Potter studio tour in the UK. Yeah, it's like it's like an addition to that. So it's I think I think being stuck over in the UK, no, we're, we're a prime market for being able to experience some Disney or Universal or whatever it is on our own ground yeah you see you look at the experiences we get in this country with regards to disney actual genuine full-on experiences we've got the lion king 
okay, which has been going on in the West End for a long time now, and it's hugely successful. It's not going anywhere anytime soon because it's still selling out. Uh, Mary Poppins is about to go on tour again, um, and that starts in October. Um, so that's going to be something else that Disney is going on. There is rumour that Aladdin is on its way over to the West End as well. So we've got three musicals there. We also get Disney on Ice, which tours the country. But the thing is with Disney on Ice, and I don't know whether anybody else feels the same as I do, is that we get the same shows that keep coming back. So I've seen a show two years ago, and all of a sudden um, that show's come around again. And it's kind of like they're rehashing the same ones. And the thing is, that's not actually Disney. That's that's Feld Entertainment and Disney license it and it, and it comes around. But thinking from this point of view, if Disney turned around and said in a giant city, let's say New York or London or Chicago or somewhere like that, they suddenly said, we are going to open a frozen interactive experience a walkthrough experience very much like the shrek adventure is it's going to be in this particular building um and even if it's only there for a couple of years or a year or whatever and all of a sudden it's a, an hour and a half experience it takes um it, you know it's 20 i think it's 23 pounds for adults and 18 pounds for children if you pre-book shrek um it's that much and you come along you enjoy the experience and you leave now you can't tell me that there aren't people who are going to flock to a frozen walkthrough experience like that. Yeah, I think I think you would if you've gone into London for a few days. You've, you've seen all the experiences, all the attractions. You would stick it straight on that list, wouldn't you? You would, without a shadow of a doubt. You, you know, and I think that's what we say. We talk about how Disney. I think missing a trick a little bit. They've tried to expand outside of the theme parks. They've done the cruise lines, brilliant. Adventures by Disney, fantastic. But I just wonder whether there is now space for something like this. And I'm, I can guess why Disney are probably a little bit tentative about whether or not to do this. Because of the failure of Disney Quest. Um, mm. The one that opened in Chicago that really didn't take off at all and closed very, very quickly. The yeah. thing is, that's not Disney. That's Disney doing something else. It's not Disney using its own kind of properties in order to create an experience for the people. I think there was a, um, a touring sort of exhibition thing that they did. They have done a few, haven't they? Um, there was a Cinderella. Was there a... the the train one? Yeah, in the US for one of the films, and I can't remember which one it was. We had a Cinderella ex uh, exhibit that opened in London as well, uh, yeah. with all the costumes and the props and things like that. Occasionally, um, you get additions to Madame Two Swords. Yeah, so Star Wars is in Madame Two Swords at the moment. Um, and you can go and experience that and enjoy that. Um, and also, um, let's try and work this out. Probably about 10 years ago. Well, actually, probably more than that now. Treasure Planet, when that was out. You, there was, um, did they take over the planetarium in Two Swords? Yeah, they did, didn't Treasure they? Treasure Planetarium. That's right. Um, which we went to see and was a great experience, but obviously it was just a, a one-show thing. It wasn't interactive as such. Yeah. Um, and I think also there was a, a few years later there was I think it was X Men or something like that. We've well, got the Marvel stuff in uh, in Madame Two Swords at the moment, um, but that kind of is towards the end of the Madame Two Swords stuff. And you've got the the old Planetarium building is now used for the 3D experience to do with Marvel. And it's kind the of question. Go on. I was going to say, why, why, why isn't Disney spending some money on it? Well, exactly. This is my, this is my thought. Why isn't Disney going? Do you know what? There's clearly a, a, a need for it. There's clearly a, 
a market for it, why are they not doing something with it? You know, Shrek was brilliant. I had great fun doing it. It was very funny. And I can see the appeal of people going to it. You wouldn't want to go to it too often because I kind of understand and remember what happens now. If anything, we went through it a little bit too quickly. I'd prefer to have gone through it slower. And because there was a lot of stuff I don't think we necessarily got to see. And a lot of little details and in-jokes and stuff that maybe we missed a little bit because of the speed that you went through some of it. But equally, I don't see why Disney can't think, you know, there's, there's money to be made in this without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, um, and, and I was going to say that this, a lot of their, their stories and their um, films are journey-based films. Exactly. So that it, it lends to sort of a walking tour. And I know there's a lot of um, theatre and stuff like that. I know this isn't just theatre. There's a lot of theatre at the moment in London. It's very cool and very trendy and very sort of uh, popular. It's this kind of interactive theatre where you go and experience and you walk through and you see. You know, Shrek takes that element as a permanent thing but um i talk about i think about there's a, a there was a, a zombie experience thing where you, it was theater and you went through there was another one which is called heartbreak hotel i believe where you go in and you wander the hotel and you experience different things that are going on throughout the hotel there was one last year that was set in a film studio so these things are really current at the moment and people are really going for these this is not something new mm. and i just I think Disney, genuinely think Disney are missing a trick here. You look at some of the stuff that's currently going on in Orlando, there are some experiences that are happening in Orlando. I know more and more of these sort of puzzle maze theatre experiences that are happening um, yeah, at the moment. Groups. And I just think, why? Why is why have Disney not thought about this and, and kind of gone for it? Yeah. And like, Before we started recording this tonight, we were talking about different concepts that they could do. Yeah. One of the things that I came up with straight away off the top of my head was, you know, if you blend something like Go Ape yeah. and Indiana Jones, yeah, you could have some sort of amazing adventure and treasure hunting experience. That would be amazing. For a linear sort of adventure. So you kind of, yeah, like an Indiana Jones experience where it's Go Ape mixed with some of the interactive elements of other things. Just stuff like that would be phenomenal. I'd do that. Imagine having to go through the trees, doing whatever, and then there's an element where you have to escape from or you something perilous and all those bits yeah. and pieces it'd be absolutely brilliant e See? well they could they could even easily open a say the london the london aquarium is very popular still yeah, yeah. um or the sea life center all that yeah. sort of thing you could easily put a nemo aquarium show thing together or st stick little mermaid in there you know blend all the subaquatic uh, films yeah definitely you know they're just the way that Frozen took off over here, everything became frozen. Yeah. It was anything, I don't know, even sort of washing powder to stick a Frozen logo on it and it's, it sells more. Exactly. But so, I, I think it's an area that is so underdeveloped by Disney. There's another great thing as well. Um, I don't know whether you've heard of something called Secret Cinema. No. Secret Cinema is, um, I think it's about £40 a ticket and basically people pay £40 to go and see a film they have no idea what the film is going to be they don't know really where the film is going to take place and right. that you turn up and you get to see the film but along with that you get it's a whole interactive experience 
um, where they have actors and sets and props and all this sort of stuff as you go through and as you as you watch. I'm desperate to go to one. I've still not made it. And there was what they did a Ghostbusters one recently, which I missed, which was absolutely phenomenal from the videos and the stuff that I saw. Um, they've also done a um, Blade Runner one. There's loads that they've done. But with the, the Ghostbusters one, you had to film on a big screen, obviously, where everyone's watching it. And there are points during the movie where things would happen interactively around you. So there was a point where um, they were trying to get Slimer and there was a projection of Slimer on the wall and four Ghostbusters came out with their jet, uh, proton packs and got hold of Slimer and dragged him in live while the film was going on. And when the, the Stay Puffed Man came up, a giant Stay Puffed Man appeared in the middle of the theatre and all these sort of stuff. Um, so cool. this is, again, another interactive element. You know, Disney could do something like with that. Imagine if Disney suddenly turned around and said they were creating an interactive experience for you to go and see the new Star Wars movie. Yeah, I'm. I'm just trying to think reasons why they wouldn't. And I'm. I'm, I'm thinking: Is Disney going for a much younger market? Is is the concept of seeing the animated characters come to life a bit scary? I know some people find the meet and greets quite scary. Yeah, but they do. But but I know, but if, that's not the full market. But if it works that, with but... Shrek. But you talk about the Indiana Jones idea. You said. Yeah. You know, that's not going to be for kids. That's for an older audience. If you were to do yeah. a Star Wars interactive screening, things like that, that's not for kids. That's for adults. But you could do the Frozen experience, which would be for, for kids. You could do create a whole experience to do with, uh, I don't know, off the top of my head, let's say the, 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 the Disney storybook has been grabbed hold of by Maleficent and she's torn pages out of the book and all of a sudden all of the Disney princesses are all over the place and they need your help to put all of the stories back together so you go through this experience and you meet all of the Disney princesses and you put all of the stories back together in order to save storybook land or whatever and at the end you then come out and you meet Mickey Mouse right at the end of it yeah these are yeah or they could easily just put that Source of the Magic Kingdom thing together. Well, yeah, something like that, you know. And you could create that little interactive, not theme park as such, but you could have the Source of the Magic Kingdom stuff in there. Or you could you could combine that technology with what else was going on. Because one of the things I loved about Shrek is it was not just a case of meeting the characters and then you move on. It was a character would say, oh, you need such and such. And, oh, actually, I've got this. You need to take that. And when you meet this character, you need to give this to them and you need to tell them this. Right. Um, so it was a case of you had to interact with what was going on um, rather than it just being a case of it, it happened to you, it happened with you there's a great, I don't want to say too much but there's a great um, wheel of torture scene uh, where you have to try and save one of the characters by answering questions and you have buttons you have to press to get the correct answer and all those sort of things um, um, I'm, I'm looking on the Shrek Adventure um, Instagram page at the yeah. moment and there's there's not a lot of photographs showing you too much information. There really isn't a massive amount around. Which it's about 30 like photos, but um, things that have caught my eye in this is they're selling well, what seems to be Starbucks coffee. Yeah. It's uh, called Farbucks. Yeah. They've got all these little jokes in it, yeah. Farbucks coffee's in there. In the lost and found, as you come through the queue, there's a pair of spectacles on the side with a, with a sign hanging from it with H. Potter written on it. Um, you know, and there's all these little things, but they did a they did a Starbucks um, promo where they changed the local Starbucks into a Farbucks um, and things like that. Yeah, I, th I think it's it's that sort of level of sort of I don't know, taking the mick out of everyday life. Yeah. Um, there's also a thing that they're selling, which I'm I don't know if uh, you 
tasted or not or tried it. Yeah. It's got eyeballs on toast. No, didn't try it. That was it in looks, the Starbucks um, as well. I remember them doing that. It looks a bit hideous, but... Uh, but, you know, they, they're making a fortune from this thing. Um, the gift shop is reassuringly expensive. It's ridiculously <laughs> expensive. You get, um, you have two photos taken as you go through the uh, the tour. Well, two photos taken at the beginning of the tour, and they try and sell you a souvenir book with your two photos and lots of activities. Guess how much the souvenir photo booklet is? Twenty quid. Thirty-five pounds. Yeah, we we said no, thank you, um, because of how ridiculously expensive it was. Uh, I've got. Feeling that whenever I go to any experience like this, Sea Life Center or whatever it is, yeah. always have a photograph opportunity where they want to take your photograph. Yeah. And I'll be honest, I've never bought that photograph. No, we haven't either because it's so expensive. But I genuinely, genuinely think Disney are missing a trick here. Um, and that there's, you know, if Disney put their mind to it and decided they wanted to do something like this, it would be phenomenal. I have no doubt. Yeah. It would be phenomenal. So I'm looking to look at the ticket prices online. For, um, for Shrek. If you pay on the door, it's 26 quid. Yeah, pay in it's advance is 23, and I think 18 for children. Yeah. And so if it's, it's a, not too pricey for London attractions. Compared to a lot of others, no. And if you've got a Merlin annual pass, you can get that included as well. So Even better. Yeah. Um, and if you do get an annual pass when you go down to London, yeah. you certainly make your money's worth out of it just from the local yeah, attractions. There. Definitely. Without a shadow of a doubt. So that's kind of what we wanted to talk about today. Just a little bit about um, about the experience of going to Shrek Adventure and this idea of why do Disney not do something similar. So we'd like to hear your views. If you've got something you want to talk or say about it, then please do let us know. Radio at DisneyBrit.com and let us know. Um, and uh, we can um, we can mention it on the next show. Not a problem whatsoever. Right. Now, um, you want to talk a little bit about running stuff, don't you? Yeah. I think um, it's time to do the running thing. Okay. Here we go then. So, what what are we talking about? I was waiting for that. There you go. You got it now. Trumpets, I like it. Um, right, okay, we've talked about the idea of a, a social meetup. Yes. Uh, and we've, we've stumbled upon a concept of going to Blackpool. And as we said in the last show, we put together a date. And a lot of people contacted us and said, look, I can't do that date. So we then put together another date. And it was like... I think the fairest way to make the decision on which date we go on was to put a poll on the running group. Yes, which we did. So we put a poll on the running group, and at the end of the day, there was one vote in it. And we said clearly at the beginning of this poll that the group that had the most votes on it from people that will attend, obviously it's not a contractual obliging thing, you know, no. we're not going to come sue you if you don't turn up. <laughs> you might but do. You do. Um, but yeah, so we got more votes on the 10th to the 11th of October yeah. 2015 in Blackpool. So we're going to try and organise a a social meetup there. The concept being that we all arrive on the Saturday at some point. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm guessing we're aiming for lunchtime-ish. I would think so, somewhere around there. Um, so we've got some sort of travelling time in the morning. Um, Adam suggests the idea of going to see Owen when we're down there or up there depends which part of the country you're coming, coming from yeah yeah um and we'll obviously go out for a meal it'll be mainly focused around social but because obviously we're the running group 
we will organize some sort of run. Yes. I don't know exactly how we're going to do this, but the concept is that we'll probably run along the the front of Blackpool. At the moment, as it's just you know concept, it's, we haven't actually measured out the front there. We don't know how long that is. I don't know if the best way to do it is get on a tram and jump off at one end and run. Might be, yeah, might be. Well, just stay on the tram and watch everybody else run. That works as well. Yeah, or see if we can out outrun the tram, maybe. <laughs> um, on your own. We'll come up with something. We may even have a, a, a quiz. You know, we'll sort some stuff out. Yeah, just a little, little chance to get together and do a bit of running, a bit social. Yeah. Have a bit of so, weekend in so I think the important thing is to say that it's going to be the 10th to the 11th of October. Yeah. And we're going to have to, if you want to come, and you you want to stop over for the night, obviously you'll need to book up. So that's why we want to try and get out as quick as we can um, with a date. We haven't chosen where we're stopping yet. No, we haven't done any of that yet. Um, we'll as soon as we've sorted that out, we will put it on the uh, Facebook group. Yeah. Um, my my thoughts, and I don't know what Adam's thoughts are on this because we haven't really discussed the ins and outs of it, but I'm going to try and find someone that's relatively cheap. Yes, I think that's probably the best idea, just to find somewhere that's not going to cost us a small fortune. Yeah, I'm not stopping in the Hilton. I may be stopping in, I don't know, the uh, the Miami uh, Club Hotel. <laughs> Which is decorated with wallpaper of palm trees and beaches. And... I'm going to look on TripAdvisor and look for the, the one the, with the, the sex least boat. <laughs> <laughs> Breakfast comes with E. coli. Shh, you don't know that. <laughs> Don't spoil the surprise. You only find out that the day after. Ah, right, okay. I didn't realise it was a surprise edition. Yeah, no, but I, th I think, you know, it, if we find somewhere cheap and we're all together, you know, that might be even more fun. It might be, that's right. However, I'm not going to think anything worse of you if you do want to stop in Hilton and just meet up at the <laughs> events. Yeah. So we'll, we'll let you know a little bit more about that when we've got a little bit more info, a little bit more detail about that, so that'll be fine. Um, but yeah, I know people want to book trains and stuff like that, so... 10th to the 11th of October will be yep. when it's at. And then we'll, uh, I say, we'll let you know a little bit more about it as we as we plan more detail. But literally today was the day the poll closed, and we now know it's going to be the 10th of October. Um, right, that's everything for today, I think, isn't it? Yes. It's a bite size, and good grief, looking at the time, I think it might actually be bite size. For a change. What is going on here? But anyway, uh, thank you once again for joining us. Thank you, Alan. No problem, anytime. And if you want to contact us, of course, I've already given you the email address. It's radio at DisneyBrit.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, which is uh, at DisneyBrit. If you want to uh, go over to the Facebook group, it's Facebook.com forward slash Podcast. And if you uh, want to find out more about the running group and all those bits and pieces, then it is Facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash DisneyBrit running team. I want to say a massive thank you to all of you as sponsored us. Uh, we're now hit uh, £300 for our DisneyBrit running team total. Still got a long way to go to try and get to the amount that we want to but um it's great news that we've got that so far if you do want to continue to sponsor us again we've got some more events that we've got coming up which is uh, go to justgiving.com forward slash disney brit running team and uh if you want to join the running team you want to join our uh, mailing address it's disneybrit.com forward slash dbrt and of course if you want to get all of the last shows and all those bits and pieces you can find them all over on disneybrit.com as well um i think that's everything isn't it yeah, sounds about right. Anything, I think that's that's everything included. But uh, thank you for joining us once again. We'll be back next week. Oh, well, I say we'll be back next week. Um, I'm oh, on don't holiday. don't do it. I'm on holiday next week. I, I get to go away. Um, one thing to say, actually, yes, I am going away, and uh, I am going to be visiting Disneyland Paris, 
while I'm out there. So do keep an eye on our Twitter and um, Facebook groups because what I will be doing is I'll be doing some periscoping from the parks while I'm out in Disneyland Paris. So you'll be able to follow along from that and, and come and say hi uh, and come and enjoy that. So do try and find us and follow us on Periscope and uh, you'll be able to follow along all the stuff that we're doing while we're out there as well. Um, I'm also getting to visit um, Port Aventura mm. which is believed, believed to be one of the sort of rival theme parks to uh, Disneyland Paris as well while I'm out there. Have you so, gone there? Uh, next week. My um, brother's flying out today to go there. Oh, is he? Uh, yeah. We'll be out there so probably Wednesday, Thursday next week I think it is. Somewhere I'll give you a there. picture so you know yeah, to avoid. I'll say, I'll say hello. Um, so we've never been. So uh, I'll report back on that as well and see what it's like compared to, to Disneyland Paris and if it's anywhere near. Because I know, again, that used to be owned by Merlin, I think, or Universal owned it at one point and yeah. all sorts of people have owned it. But there you go. So we're going to go and experience that as well next week. should be good as well. Um, okay, that's it. Uh, we will be back next week with a Disney Brit and in two weeks with a Disney Brit Bite Size. Until then, we'll see you.